Hello and welcome to another episode of our show. Today's guest is Jorge Chavez. He is the host of the podcast, Scoop Me Out. And as part of this uh, COVID special, 19 special, he lives in China, but he's actually an expat from Costa Rica. And his podcast focuses on hearing the stories of people who have moved from their, their home country, their mother country, to another country and their experiences along the way in terms of uh, adapting to a new culture and the changes that happen within them. We also talk a lot about purpose and how to make the most of our lives. I really enjoyed speaking with Jorge and I hope you get something out of it. Thank you for listening. Uncut, uncensored, and unfiltered. This is an open mind. And you're listening to I'm Probably Wrong About Everything. All right, we have with us Jorge from Scoop Me Out, a podcast about uh, expats who uh, come from another country, move to a new place, and share their experiences. Uh, Jorge, thanks for being on, man. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Robert. Yeah. It's an honor. It's, well, the, the honor is mine. So uh, thanks for being on. I, I wanted to start off with, you're an expat, you're from Costa Rica, and you've moved to China. Are you able to tell us about your journey? Yeah, absolutely. It all started about more than two years ago. I was working for a corporate company. I was doing pretty well, uh, but I deep inside me, I knew that I wanted something more. And I have always been a guy that I, I describe myself as adventurous and I'm very curious. I was living in my apartment one night, I still remember, and I got a, a text message from a friend who was already living here in China saying like, are you looking for new opportunities? And I was like, hmm. Yeah, are you recruiting me? Yeah, yeah. And we got to a talk and he said that there is a, an, a job opening in, in the company that he's working on. Uh, it was a startup company back then and um, he described me his life here and the kind of job that he's doing, uh, the ups and downs of, of living in China, the ups and downs of the, of the job, you know. And I started, like, he planted a seed. That's how I would describe it. Because after, like, one month, I was on a plane coming to China. Um, it was a tough decision. It was pretty tough. I spent, like, a lot of time uh, deciding the, you know, analyzing what things in my life I'm going to give up uh, the life that I was having in this company and in Costa Rica for the things that I didn't know how life would be in China. You know, it doesn't matter how much he would describe how life is here uh, until I came here, you know, is when I would realize how, how things go. Anyway, um, I, I packed up everything in my, in, in my company, in, in, in my home, and I was coming to China one one month after that. So, so you've talked a lot about you know you're kind of humming and hawing about these decisions, like oh do I do I go there? Do I stay here where I have security, mm. or do I go in search of the adventure? And you had mentioned how your friend had described China, the pros and the cons of it. Right. And again, you're kind of wrestling with these things in your head, but. What's the difference between thinking about something and experiencing something? Yeah, yeah. 
it's so different, you know, mm -hmm. because there is a limit on how much you can think about something. Right. Like you need to consider things like how are you going to feel when you're there? And there, the only way to know that is by actually trying it, you know, and that was a risk because I was giving my comfort in this company and in my country to come to a place that I have absolutely no idea. And to be honest, Robert, I had a lot of stereotypes before mm -hmm. coming to China. You know, I had this idea of how, how things uh, kind of handle here. And, you know, the very first week that I spent here, my mind was blown away. You know, there are so many things, yeah. so many cool things here, you know, the, the tech, uh, the, the, the pace of life is, is absolutely amazing. Well, so you, you'd mentioned that, you know, you had these sort of preconditioned notions and ideas of China and yeah. that, you know, in your first week, this was all just shattered. So what was this, the, the first thing that you can recall that you're like, whoa, gee, I got that wrong. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the very first thing, it was like the very first weekend. Mm. Um, I wanted to go out, have a lunch by myself. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I found this place. And I wanted to pay with credit card. And they were like, no, you, we don't accept this here. First of all, the language, right? It was all mostly signs. But then they were trying to tell me, we don't accept credit cards here. We, they, they don't use that here, you know? They use this system to pay. They have uh, WeChat and Alipay. Those, those are the two uh, apps that, they, that we use to pay. And it was like, well, now how do I handle this? You know, I haven't used cash for so long. I was used to using my credit card, you know? And I was kind of pretentious also because I was thinking like, oh my God, I'm going to make so much points on my credit card, you know? And now it's like, well, no, down to earth. We use an app for it. So that was, I, I still remember, that was the very first thing. It was, it was a change and I... And I started to realize that, well, I need to adapt and I, I need to reinvent myself. Right. Yeah. Because, again, you have these, we have our established norms, the things that we're used to, that we're comfortable with, be it commerce or communication. Yeah. And then, you know, now you've gone to, dare I say, another world, right? You know, it, at least it could feel that way. And, uh, and then you're like, oh, my God. Like, there's one universal game that everybody can play, and that's charades. You know what I mean? Like, kind of, ah, right? And, uh, and I guess you're having to do a lot of that. And then you sort of think, like, okay, I'm going to have to – I imagine you're like, I'm going to have to discard a lot of the things that I know in exchange for something that I can now learn. So how – like, when you start something new, like a new job, I always find I'm dead tired like that first week. Yeah. So you come to this, like I say, in my eyes, what, what, what would appear to me a new world. How tired were you after that first week? <laughs> Super tired, especially, well, the very first three days is all about the jet lag, you know, dealing with, with the right. jet lag. Uh, I am like 14 hours time difference with Costa Rica. Mm. So those three days, like I arrive here at 10 p.m., and the next day, I was going to work already right. <laughs> to like settle down, get to know like my apartment and the city. No, it's, it's immediately go to work. And here people work from Mondays to Saturdays in, in like production oh, yeah. facilities. 
So I arrived on a Thursday and I was already going to work for the next two days. Super tired. And, and here's the thing, like due to my uh, visa situation back then, I could only stay in China for one month. So I knew like, even though I was already moving here, I knew that I had to go out of China again, back to Costa Rica and repeat this cycle of, you know, getting so tired back then. And I would only stay for one week in Costa Rica and then come back. So yeah, right. at the beginning, it was very tiring, like physically tiring. Yeah. Well, and, and the other thing is for, for me, at least when I'm learning something new, all the things that are going on in our brain, like we're really having to, I mean, we talk about, we only use so much of our brain, mm. you know, you immerse yourself because that's what it is. It's not like I'm taking a, you know, an online uh, class, a French class. It's like you are dropping yourself into this world. Everything is new. So what was the hardest part for you to kind of pick up on? I think the hardest part was language. Right. At that point. Yeah. Um, because, you know, I was used to live outside of Costa Rica. I was making a lot of trips uh, back there in, 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 in to, to, to the U.S. Mm -hmm. So I was used to, you know, be outside my country. But when I came here and, and I, I realized that, well, I want to eat some snacks in the street, you know, and these people, they, they, don't, they don't speak English. They don't speak English. And I was trying to like, okay, I'm just going to go use Google Translate. But we don't have access to Google Translate. Oh. We're living like you know, yeah. China itself is its own world. It's like a bubble, you know. Hmm. So it was very new to me that I have to okay. Now what? What do I use? You know, because I need to talk to these people. I cannot right. just keep it, like talking with them with with signs with, with with my hands. So I think that was the very first thing, and I tried to. to I started to learn some Mandarin, some basic words so that I can get through life. Because, you know, they say that the very first year when you're living abroad is when you are just discovering things and everything is so so new, so fresh, so, so shiny. But then the second year is when you realize that you finally, okay, I'm settling down here. Right. And I didn't want to wait until the second year to feel that I was getting there, you know, because Mandarin, you know, there's still also this stereotype that, right, that is one of the toughest languages in the world. So I wanted to, you know, just, just, just learn some basic phrases so that I can get through my, my day on the right. weekend. Yeah. Yeah. So, cause like you say, language to your point, rather language is something that we kind of take for granted for, you know, mm. we, we take for granted that we can just communicate with everybody in our world, or I certainly do. And then to get all of our basic utilities, necessities, we can do it with little, you know, frustration or whatever. But now it's a, it's a new language, both written and spoken. Yeah. And you think to yourself, okay, like, for example, if I have to really go to the washroom, I don't even have to think like, I'm like, I know where to put, you know what I mean? And then, the, yeah. and then now you're in a totally different everything. And it's like, oh my God, like, when I need something right now, I, I don't have that instantaneous ability. So in terms of like personal skills, I imagine you probably learned a lot about yourself as well. Sort of 
Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's a lot of like learning and adapting. Yes. You, you know, because even though you might, I was might able to, you know, to walk through a situation in a restaurant where I was getting the the bill. In if I go to to eat outside, like in the street, which is pretty common here, and it's one of the tastiest food that I have had, you know, food, yeah. street food. Um, it's totally different thing, you know. You 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 don't get a bill, you don't get people right. like because they, they speak even so different than the things that you learn from from a guy that created this this Mandarin course outside of China. Yeah. You know? So is is I think it's a lot of learning and adapting, and it's super fast. You know, I think like like you you cannot be very agile. You know, like every single week you need to think about what you did the past week, uh, and then okay, what can I do different so that I can feel more that I'm settling down. Yeah. Feel feel more natural. Feel more natural. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. I mean, uh, where I live. A lot of the people around me look like me and talk like me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't feel like I'm out of place. Mm. Whereas I, I imagine that when you were in China for this first year, you might have felt at place, I assume. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, that, that's a very funny thing. Uh, because it doesn't matter how much time you have been living here in China. You jump into a metro and mm. people are going to start taking photos of you. Because right. you're a person who is different. You yeah. look different. And it's like, well, I have a beard, right? So it's like, oh, what is this? And you see kids trying to reach out to touch my beard. It's like, wow, whoa, whoa. <laughs> um, and, you know, the first month you you laugh at it, but then you mm-hmm. get used to it, you know? You, you also understand, like, you are the guy who is different here. Right. You know? So it's not something that you need to push people uh, or like me pretending like, hey, I live here. You're supposed to know that I, you know, that I have a home here, that I go to work, I have the same benefits as you guys. No, you're still the the outsider, you know. And the more, the more like east, I would say you go to or or west. Well, it, it depends actually. Yeah, yeah. that yeah. is a confusing one. You're like, yeah, is it yeah. east? Is it west? Yeah, because we're we're seeing it through our lens, of course. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You're your lens um the more you need to adapt yourself right. it's kind of like being like a chameleon you know mm-hmm. yeah again you know not speaking from necessarily my experience actually i can't speak to my experience mm-hmm. so uh a friend of mine he's Bajan, and he lives in barbados or excuse me he 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 has roots in barbados he lives okay. here in canada and i went to barbados and you know, I was experiencing the culture there. Like I wasn't staying in a resort and I'm like the only, when I think about it, I was one of the only, you know, white people I remember seeing when I was outside of the resort, Yeah. you know, and, and, but still I, I kind of had that, you know, I could go to a place where people still kind of look like me. Now imagine if you're an immigrant to, you know, Canada and you're from a place like, I don't know, uh, uh, Congo, I have no idea, but a place where, you know, you have your way of seeing things. And then everywhere you go, people are like, well, you know, you've lived that you've lived in Canada for five years. You can speak perfect English, but you look different. And everyone's like, oh yeah, he's an immigrant. How exhausting that would be, you know? 
Yeah, it is very exhausting, mentally exhausting. And here is where, like, that's a very interesting topic for me because it's culture, you know, mm-hmm. like, like Robert, what is your culture? You know, you, I, this is I don't know. Me. Like, I cannot say that my culture is Costa Rica just because I was born there, you know? Because yeah. what if you have been living outside of your country for many years, then what culture do you have? And I've seen this with like, you know, when, when you are outside of your country, you get like kind of a community of expats as well, right? And you start to see some, some, some trends there because people say like, oh, Japanese people, they are so obedient and so organized. Mm. German people are like this and Americans are like that, you know, but so if I am someone who is very obedient, that means that I have Japanese culture. Right. For me, it doesn't make sense because it doesn't make sense because you are defining your culture from where you were born. Basically, your passport. That's it. You know, I, I, I like to say that we are like a mix of cultures. Like you decide what culture you have, you know, and it can be things that you learn from your from your trips. Uh, I, ha- I had the opportunity to travel quite a, quite a lot while, while I'm, I'm being here in China. And, you know, I cannot say that Philippine, Filipinos are like this way or Singapore are like this. No, no, they all have different things. And sure, each country is going to have their own kind of way to do things, but it doesn't mean that you have to adapt to that culture and you have to, to make your own, you know. I think too that we are such sponges to the world around us. Like you said, you know, what's my culture? And I, I almost instantaneously said, I have no idea. Because again, I'm part of the larger society, which yeah. is a, a word that was introduced to me from a guy I interviewed, Ellis Ross. Larger society is not necessarily like you're a settler or you're a white person. Because really, if you break down white, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense because. If you told me 600 years ago, I'm Scottish, that I'm a white person, and therefore I am the same as an English person, I'd probably punch you in the face. You know what I mean? Like, Because it's like they were at war with each other. Yeah. But as we kind of expand in terms of you know, time and just where we're going with information, we're realizing that, okay, maybe, th- I mean, this is how I see things at least, that we're more, uh, we're a sponge to what it is that we lack, like and identify with. Yeah. For example, I love heavy metal music mm. and a lot of the heavy metal music I listen to is from the United States. So mm. does that make me American or does that make me a metalhead? Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So so again, we see that, you know, culture, what we can identify as, it's more kind of independent to who we are. And with mm. things like the internet, we can find our niches so much better. That's right. That's right. You know, and, and well, um, one of the things that I have noticed is like people saying, oh, we don't do things like that here. Mm. So they're already putting themselves into, you know, this group. Like we don't do this, but let me ask you, how do you want to do it? Mm. Because just because you see people around you doing things like that, it doesn't mean that you have to do it if it doesn't serve you. Right. Right. So, right. I think it's more about choices, you know. I um, just to give you a little bit more background. Also, even though I came here as an engineer, I I now I'm working as a career coach, and through my clients that I, I'm working with with clients here, 
And I like to challenge them with this, like, because they would say, oh, well, it's, it's the way we do it. But mm. how do you want to do it? Because you have a choice. You adapt to that thing that people are doing around you or you create your own set of rules. Yes. Are you, are you, are your choices yours or are they your countries or your mm. families? You know, exactly, yeah. like I love my family. They're wonderful, but I talk, I talk trash about them all the time on here. I sometimes <laughs> feel because, you know, they've made choices based on what they think they're supposed to do. And really now I'm a parent myself. I'm realizing, you know what? Like I want my daughter to make the choices that she wants to do within reason of morality and all that stuff. But it's like, if she wants to be uh, a, a kindergarten teacher, like let's support her on that dream. If she wants to be a singer, yeah. you know, let's support her on that dream. Uh, but obviously prepare for the future that she might not be Mariah Carey or whatever, but you know what I mean? Like at the same time, how can we in, uh, encourage and empower people's choices rather than try and pressure them into what they should be doing? Yeah. Yeah. What they should be doing or what they need to be doing. Because once you decide that you are going to follow your family rules or your country rules, then you start to think and believe that I need to do this. I need to follow this path. I need to work from Monday to Saturday because that's how we do it here. Yes. Who says that? You know, <laughs> only you inside you. Yeah. So, at what point did you have this revelation of going from I'm supposed to be an engineer? That's what I should be doing. To wait a minute. I want to be a career coach. Yeah, yeah. It happened about one year ago. Um, and to be honest, I, I'm not sure if it was all related with COVID, you know, because mm -hmm. it's a lot of people had some revelations because of COVID. But I was already trying to get to my next career move. And I was very convinced that I wanted to open my own medical device company, you know, like a like a design and manufacturing company. And I had already like this, this big dream of mine, I had already settled down, okay, what's going to be my very first step? And my next move was like learning about, you know, how to, how you develop your idea into a prototype and then move on. If, if it works at the end, then yeah, sure, you create a company and blah, blah, blah. And when I asked myself why I want to do this, it was all about, well, I want to help people but that's very vague. I mm. want to help people. That's very vague. Right. So I hire a coach to help me out with this because I was having so much stress. Like, okay, mm. I want to go to Australia. There is a school here for entrepreneurs, but COVID. So how am I going to handle this? And how am I going to get a visa to get to work in Australia? And uh, there were so many things that were uncertain by, back, back then that... I was so much under pressure, stress, and, and mm. my life was not in, you know, in the best place that I wanted to be. I was not having fun with, with this dream of mine. So, and just to sort of timestamp it, mm. is this before COVID that you're sort of wrestling with these ideas or is this, I think is this during I COVID? I think you said that. I think it was like um, during when, when COVID just started, right? Here yeah. in China, it started before going out, outside the world. But I was, I was traveling in Europe and I came back to China. I met with my girlfriend and we were like, okay, now let's go to, to Bali because things are here and not doing right. great. Right. So let's take a break, you know? 
And so we spent like 14, 22 days in quarantine in, in Bali and then back here in, in, in China. And I guess that was the time that I finally got some moment for myself to think about, okay, what do I want and why do I want it? Right. And it was so blurry back then, you know, it was so blurry. And I started to talk to people back in there and, and, and it was my cousin who said, well, I, it seems that you might find useful to talk to a coach to help you like, like dig out what is it that you, that you want to do and why. So that's how where it started. Yeah. So, okay. So, so this is happening. I, I, I love where we're going with this. So you call up this career coach. Okay. Tell, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. Yeah. She was a, she is a life coach mm-hmm. and it's funny because she is based in Costa Rica and yeah. Serendipity. Yeah. <laughs> so we're doing these calls. It took me like six months. I hired her for six months and it completely turned me around because mm. I was like, when she asked me, I still remember the very first session, who are you? And I was like, well, I'm an engineer. And mm. I think I am, I have a very square mindset. That's how I used to describe myself, right. you know, my profession, <laughs> my major back then. And, and like, it's funny because it's just like, I'm, I'm square. I'm a square. I have a square yeah, I'm a shape. I have <laughs> boundaries and it's yeah. only within here. Exactly. Yeah. Right. It was just because I have always been seeing like someone who is very organized, well organized and mm-hmm. planning and things like that. Yeah. Your, your qualities were who you were. That was your identity. That was my identity. Correct. Right. Yeah. So uh, like she started to like shake all of these beliefs that I used to have about the things that I should do or that I need to do. Mm-hmm. And, and I, have, I have never thought back then, like in my life thinking, what do I want? Mm-hmm. What do I actually want? What do I really want to do? And you, it is a scary process because I, 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 I saw myself res- being resistant to this thing. You know, like someone else trying to, to like set me up a different mindset, even though she was not like pushing anything, right. it was all of me because right. it was all me like, like figuring out, oh my God, I've been doing this without any reason, without any purpose. And I was like, like seeing my, for example, I was seeing my curriculum as a checkbox. Yeah. So I got this, this, this and that. So next, next, next job, next career path. So what was more important at this point? That you're, you know, I guess before this revelation, the journey or the destination. Hmm. Well, I realized that it's more important the journey. Yes, it's yeah. important to know. Like you need to define your destination, but you need to be flexible enough, like a chameleon, you know, to to be able to adapt, and you just take care of how you do it. Like, like enjoy the process because you might find out that you get what you wanted or something even better. Mm. that you have no idea what it is, right? Wow, yeah. And you've used that metaphor quite a bit, right, of the chameleon. Mm. And I think, you know, uh, I, I know we've just met, and this is actually kind of cool because it's like, oh, well, I'm getting to know this person in 26 minutes. <laughs> you know, what a privilege. But it sounds like you and I have that in common of this chameleon sort of like fit-in personality. And maybe that's gotten us far in our lives. But have we ever truly asked who we are 
And when we do that work, you know, and anybody can do that work. I mean, who am I, right? Am I just, am I a product of my accomplishments or am I more than that? Right. And then you start to strip down, like what brings me joy? Mm -hmm. And I don't know about you, but helping people and listening to people has always brought me joy. But then, of course, I think about, you know, where am I? I'm supposed to be making six, six zeros, but I'm only making five, you know, and I get lost up in all the thinking like you've talked about and forgetting my purpose. Mm. So it sounds like you and I perhaps have been avoiding what our real purpose is. Mm -hmm. What do you what do you think? Yeah, I I used to avoid that purpose because Mm -hmm. it's. It's, it's time consuming, it's energy consuming, you know, back then it was energy consuming. I just didn't want, I just, I was escaping from, from working. Yes. Avoidance. So yeah. And just going to the weekend and just, you know, go out and yeah, party, yeah. whatever. And you don't have time to think about what you want. And it's something that we don't, we don't, it seems that we are not doing it on purpose, but you are consciously, mm-hmm. you are, you know? And until you sit down and you start to think, okay, why am I in this world? What is, where is my purpose here? And you actually write it down. You need to write it down because you might forget, you know, that next week it might be something different. And, and trust me on this, like when you write it down three months later, you go back to it and you're like, okay, I'm still there or maybe something different. So it's, it's not something that you like, like work on it for a few hours and then you're done because life gets in, 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 in your way. You know, life throws you things that you might be able, you might want to do or to try it out. And maybe your purpose is like being shaken there. So it was not until I find out what, my, what was my real purpose that it has always been there, you know? And I, yes, I use a lot the, the this analogy with, with chameleons. I even have, have it tattooed in my, in my arm. Uh, and it's not, it's not because you have to adapt yourself to the situation and just like, like pretending that you, you are following the rules of, of that society, of that country you are in now. But it's more like, hey, you have your core essence inside. Right. But don't give up on that. Yeah, sure. Maybe you can change some colors here and there so that you can you know, adapt yourself to, to you know, meeting new friends, having to use, stop using credit cards and, you know, start using apps like this. You know, there are so many things that, yeah, you, you, you do need to change, but your core essence is still there. Well, it, it almost sounds like, well, it does sound like you found your core essence because there's so many masks that we wear. It's like, you know, mothers are amazing. Uh, they're just amazing because they know their children better than their children know themselves. And, you know, at, at least that's certainly true of my mother. And, uh, uh, you know, they, they, she knows my essence better than me. And I can wear all these different masks and try to fit in and be liked by all these different people. But, you know, I'm very blessed that my mother will always love and like me no matter who I am. Mm-hmm. And she knows who I am when I don't. And when I finally strip it away and I'm like, you know what? I'm at this point in my life where I, it's too bad for the people who don't like me. Like, I mean, like, I mean that sincerely, like it's too bad. I mean, it would be great to get along with everybody, but that's not humanly possible, Hmm. you know, but now I'm sure of myself in a way that 
I just, I can't even explain, you know? And again, that it's that purpose. So mm-hmm. what was, what was your purpose that you wrote down? Yeah. My purpose like is more about empowering people mm-hmm. to get out of their square, you know, and I do it by shaking this square into a, whatever shape they want, whatever shape serves you. You know, it doesn't have to be a circle. It can be something so random. And my shape, Robert, is right now is like a spaghetti. Yeah, that's, that's the shape that I that serves me. You know, because I define myself like before I was going from point A to point B, but when you boil this spaghetti. <laughs> it becomes like this twisted and yeah, it's so different shape that it means that you can take so many different paths. And at the end, you might go to somewhere that is completely even better than you thought and you could, you could imagine, you know? And, you know, spaghetti dollars are like entangled. So it doesn't mean that you have to follow that path, that specific path, step one, two, and three that you define. You can take a different one, you know? So that's where you, you become more flexible. So for me, that's what I'm trying to do with, with my life. I think that's, that's my purpose, you know, like challenges people to get outside their square. Well, I'm so glad I've met you because, I mean, I'd say we have a similar purpose. As a, as a general rule that I've, I've started using, I treat every person that I meet like they're going to teach me something. Mm-hmm. And if you have that mindset, you could get pretty damn far in life, you yeah. know. So yeah. having that open mind and sort of like, you know, I have no idea. When you face a problem with an open perspective, uh-huh. you're going to find out that you've solved that problem, you know, before you're like, oh, my God, I solved that problem. I'm already on to the next one. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's what problem solving needs. Mm-hmm. So you start doing this. You find your purpose. You're, you're again, you're an expat from uh, Costa Rica, and now you're in China. So how do you integrate your purpose into where you are? Yeah, it's, it's mostly because I have seen here, well, the reason I came here mm-hmm. that was attractive to me before, it was because of the fast-paced environment. Right. You know, and for me, when they say, like, you need to work Monday to Saturday uh, from 8 to 8, I was like, okay, sure. That's no big problem. I'm going to do this for, for the next years, and then I'm going to have so much money that I can do whatever I want, finally back then I haven't even defined what do I want you know it was just something in the clouds you know so the people here most of them they have a similar mindset you know and people I seen people complaining like oh his life is so fast-paced and and life is in Shanghai for example like people are always rushing and so so that's that's for me that's an opportunity you know because what I seen people you like yeah um younger people saying that they don't want to work their whole life. They don't want to work for so many hours. Who, who says that, you know? And that's when you see uh, like a change in their generation, right? Right. Well, I, I think that that change, you know, the, this Cambrian explosion of sort of the new way we're going to do things is upon us. Mm-hmm. You know, people are, are, are like, if nobody like nobody wants to work a nine to five job anymore, they want to do their own thing. But then when they find out, Oh shoot, I can figure out my own thing. You know, the world is changing, but like you said, I want to work 
from the moment I wake up till two hours before I go to bed. Mm-hmm. Why? It's because we want to shut off our minds and distract ourselves from, you yeah. mentioned it, our purpose, mm-hmm. right? Because when we, when we sit with ourselves and we know we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing, we put on Netflix and, and our mind is like, it's on that, yeah. not on what we love doing. Like, I love doing this. You love doing this. Mm-hmm. And, and that's all you want to do, right? Yeah. That and be yeah. a parent, you know, take care of my kid, of course. But anyways, we shut it off because there's that existential fear of, holy shit, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. And I'm running out of time mm-hmm. yeah. right, on this yeah. earth. Yeah, and that's when people think that they need to, like, like they say, I like to be busy. Mm. And so they fill their schedule with all of these like, sim- like big or small tasks, whatever, just to pretend that they're being productive. Right. But they're not doing the things that they actually want because they haven't even discovered what is it that they really want. Well, think too. I mean, some of the best paying jobs in the world are mm-hmm. not uh, here. This is coming from me, of course. So some of, you know, you got to do that, right? The safety. Some of the best paying jobs in the world are the most lack some of the most meaning like for example cold calling people to sell them hand sanitizer right we have to and no obviously we need that but you know you have to justify what you do to have that sort of mental clarity and and that mental wellness right we have to justify what it is that we do we have to make meaning out of it Mm -hmm. and me i'm a teacher uh, Mm. a, a school counselor and all I have to do is just tell myself, man, I really made somebody's day to day. And it's like, that's all that I need, right? I don't need to make, I would love to make lots of money. Who the hell wouldn't? But I'd rather be doing something I believe in and not getting paid a whole lot than doing something I hate and getting yeah. paid hand over fist. Because right. at the end of the day, at the end of our lives, we have to look back and say, this privilege of being alive, did I use it to make the world a better place? Mm-hmm. That that's to true. me is the ultimate. That's if you can ask that question and say, hell yeah, I did. Then you can enter the afterlife, my friend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are looking to leave a legacy. In yes. This world, you know, yeah. which is not related to how oh, I'm going to have kids. That's my legacy because yeah. I passed my last name. What? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So it's, it's something more than this. It's something meaningful, you know? Mm-hmm. And the other day, someone asked me, um, what, what did you do meaningful in your first month of the year? Mm-hmm. And I stopped myself like, well, I have never asked myself this. And I felt like I didn't do anything meaningful in January. And then I started to think, well, yeah, yeah, I did this and there. But now I wake up every single morning and I, I, I love to journal. And I ask myself the same question. What can I do meaningful today? And meaningful for me is when is the, is the cross when you find something that makes you happy, but also it makes you fulfilled by yes. serving others. You know? So it's, it's both things, something for you and something for others. Yes. There, there has to be, like, I don't necessarily believe, you know, please correct me on this, in selflessness. You know, like, mm-hmm. I'm just going to give it all the way to charity. Like you have to have, unless, you know, I, either you have some, you know, you need some support there or, 
whatever. But anyways, a very yeah. special person has to be so selfless that that's who they are versus mm-hmm. somebody who, you know, I want to give back, but I am going to get something out of this. Mm-hmm. Right. I think even Stephen Hawking talked about that in his book, um, you know, the ego gene or something like that. Like right. we all, we do, there, there's always a transaction. Mm-hmm. Right. And when I help you out, uh, Jorge, when I help you out, I'm feeling great about what I just did. You know, I'm mm-hmm. getting something in return. It's not just like a here, take all my time. And I'm going to go home and be like, fuck, I gave Jorge all of my time. Right. There's right. some, there's a transaction that's going on for, for there to be happiness and purpose. Mm-hmm. Like you said, there has to be a two way street. Yeah. Yeah. It has to be a win win scenario. Exactly. Because nowadays, when you find out that money is secondary, hmm. the first thing is time. Yeah. Time, that is like the new currency. So if I'm spending one hour talking to you, talking to, to my friends, talking to my boss, what am, what am I going to get? Yeah. I have to yeah. think about it. Yeah. So now, because I want to bring it back to, you know, this, this dovetails so nicely with actually why we initially started talking, and that was COVID. And so the, the country China goes into lockdown. Hmm. Do you feel that you kind of go into like a bit of a lockdown as well, like this sort of almost meditative state? Or, or what, was, what was your connection to that as, as the country was going into it? Hmm. You know, I didn't have that much of a lockdown when I, when I came back to China, because even though I couldn't travel outside of, of China or to another city, right. Found myself that well, the the rules here in this city were more like, well, you can go out of your home, you can still get food delivery to 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 your place. Uh, all restaurants were of course closed down, um, so it was not that much of a feeling that I'm you know being you know, on a cage or on right. my yeah. And, and and just for listeners, you'd mentioned before you're you're by Shanghai, correct? Yeah, that, that's right. I'm like, a, it's like 250 kilometers from Shanghai. But if you could take the, the, <laughs> yeah. the, the, the fast speed train, it only takes like 24 minutes. Wow, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Now, um, how is it now in terms of the COVID and the restrictions and the rules where you are? Well, China, China actually did something pretty cool. I think it's very cool. In like two, um, two months after the, the outbreak, they created this system in one of their, their, their apps that it gives you a code, a green, yellow, and red code. So if for the yeah. past 14 days you have not been in a high-risk or medium-risk area, then you're fine. You're green, and you're going to get this code request in every single place you go. So the mall, the restaurants, any, any place, they were going to check your code and your temperature, and well, we still have to use masks outside. Mm-hmm. So, but life is, is, is like, it's, it, kept, it kept going. It yes. Kept going, yeah. You know? Well, there, there, there was that adaptation piece. Mm-hmm. I, I really do, this is going to sound kind of extreme and I apologize, but I really do think that Western countries, like the one that I'm in, mm-hmm. if we keep going about it with a closed mind, like, you know, I'm an anti-masker and I have my rights and, uh, you know, I'm going to call my lawyer, right? That is a road to oblivion. We have got to change the way that we approach the problems that we're facing today. I mean, this is a 21st century 
And the direction that we're going right now is for one, it's unprecedented. And for two, it's, you can't go back. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We can't go back to the way it was in 1984. That's right. That's right. And, and I've seen people think like, oh, when, when COVID passed, what if it never goes away? You know, and they, they kind of think that their life is on pause. Yeah. So when, when I'm going to be able to travel again, I'm going to do this and that. And when I, you know, when COVID is just like finally controlled, then yeah, I'm going to keep moving with my life. What? Yeah. You're waiting for something that is out of your control. Yeah. You know? When did when when do you start living your life? Yeah, exactly. Right now. Uh, right yeah, now. Yeah, but I think that's a very interesting thing because you either exist or you live. You know? Hell yeah. Existing, you're just like making a living. Amen. Yeah. Watching Netflix, drinking on the weekends. Yeah. You know, so many things that, that shut off your mind. Well, and, and let me tell you, when I lived that life of surviving versus thriving. I was the world's greatest partier. You ask anybody when I was in my 20s. Oh, Rob, man, he's so much fun. But I was cross-eyed. I couldn't even remember what the hell I was saying. And now I'm at this point and it's like, man, a lot of those people, they're not even in my life anymore because for one, I'm not that, that, that distraction. Yeah. Right. And now I'm doing what I want to do. And they're like, you know, WTF, like, (laughs) so so covid has been for many people kind of this it's been very difficult yes Mm -hmm. but kind of a hidden disguise for us to stop distracting ourselves Mm -hmm. and return to where we need to go to find ourselves and and really the internet it's like it's like a new country because i'm talking to you Mm -hmm. and i've talked to people from nigeria kenya you know Mm -hmm. all over the world and i'm closer to those people than i've ever been to that many people in my own country. Think about how wild that is. Yeah. Yeah. It it, it makes so much sense. That's, that's, that's why, why I think that now more than ever, you can start to, to define your own culture because it's 10 AM here in China today. Uh, It's probably night in Canada and we have this strong connection, which probably without COVID, we would never be able to get. So we have to be thankful. Thank you. COVID for this yeah adapt 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 or you know i know it sounds harsh adapt or die yes either either you know to 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 be dead mentally you might as well be dead to be dead spiritually you might as well be dead yeah yeah and you see a lot of people in the world and it really does break my heart they just they live like they're victims of their own existence Mm -hmm. but you know, and, and there's multiple privileges in the world. I have many, but even just to be alive and not yeah. dead, that's a yeah. privilege. Yeah. You still have yeah. time with your story. Yeah. I, I call that like victimhood, you know? Yeah. And I, you know, Robert, I, I was in that place also. Mm. Like, one, like China, they locked down the country because of COVID. And I have not been able to go back to Costa Rica for almost right. two years now. So but back then I was also like, oh my God, if I leave yeah. China, which I can, yeah. then I won't be able to come back to my life here, to my work here. So it's been a while. It's been a while. And I was spending so much time thinking of what I'm missing, the trips that I could have made, all the plans that I have have had for you know for, for holidays. But instead of what I was missing out on my life here right. in China. 
you know? So I had to turn around and just start to live here, you know, enjoy, enjoy it while, while I'm here. So is this the new you? Is this where you belong? Yeah, what, what do I call home? Right. <laughs> what do I call home? <laughs> um, this morning when I was journaling, I was like, oh, I'm so grateful that I'm going to be able to go back home. And I was like, well, hmm. is that really going back or going back to the country that I was born into? Because, you know, I'm right now I'm in China, but next year, who knows? I'm already, I already have plans to, to, move, to move out. Um, so I can create my own home, you know, where, wherever I am. Yeah, is it, is it back to who you are or is it back to what you know? Yeah, yeah. Because home, I mean, what if what if you could be at home anywhere in the world? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, home home for me shouldn't be defined by your ability to get a visa to live yeah. there and to pay taxes or less taxes. It shouldn't be defined by that. You know, it's it's your ability. I think to me, it's your ability to be with yourself. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, and and anywhere in the world. So tell us a little bit more about your show, uh, um, Scoop Me Out, uh, and, which is funny because I, I recall that as a very different name and I was like, oh, okay, that's definitely not what that is. <laughs> um, t- yeah, tell us a little bit about your show. Yeah, yeah, sure. So in my show now, I'm talking with expats, mm-hmm. expats um, who either went outside their, their country because of work Right. Most of them is because of work or just because they wanted to take a leisure trip and they find out that, well, I like it here. I'm going to stay. I'm going to make this my, my new home. So I have been talking with people like uh, the other day I met this girl from, from England who, who she went to Sri Lanka when she was 16 and she fell in love with the country. Mm-hmm. She has been living there for almost eight years now. She, she has her, her family there, her business there. So... I found this so powerful, you know, how is it possible that someone from a different country can adapt to the new regulations mm-hmm. and get to know their, their new, like someone else that it was inside them that maybe without going outside, they wouldn't have find out. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and that goes back to, you know, we can go uh, on vacations or we can go traveling. And, and to me, they're quite different. A vacation is like, I'm going to go to a Mexican resort and I'm going to do things that are comfortable. Mm-hmm. That's a vacation. And then traveling is when you go places and you're not, it's not comfortable. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I, not to say it's not enjoyable, but it's, you're not getting what you want. You know, it's right. not, it's not under your terms. It's not really under your control or power. Yeah, you're kind yeah. of just you're you're making yourself vulnerable. Yeah, it's not on the square, you know. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And and by making yourself vulnerable, you yeah. actually are making yourself stronger, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. because I do find that the culture here in in the West, based on my experiences, can mm. be quite exhausting. Mm. You know, there's so much kind of expectation and. You know, you got to do this and stuff and, and all these shoulds. Whereas when you, again, when you live your own story, you know your purpose, mm-hmm. you can actually be a lot more energized. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that 
we need to start moving away from what should I have done? What if I do this or that? And start living more like, fuck yeah. And <laughs> no regrets, you know? Yeah. What now? Instead what? of like, why didn't I do that? Like, dude, you're do it now. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah. We, yeah. we create, we create excuses all the time. And it's like, I honestly think we create excuses because we're afraid of what could actually come. Yeah. I, I, I kind of wanted to say that I, that we learn to be afraid to have mm. fear of those things because Robert humans, we are born with only two fears, fear of falling and fear of sounds. That's it. <laughs> Everything else is a fear that we have learned. And that means that you can also unlearn to have that fear. Right. Yeah. But are we getting a way to unlearn that? Yeah. Are we becoming stronger or are we becoming more guarded and thus a little bit weaker? That's good, well, Jorge, thank you so much for being on the show. I just looking at the time and we're at 50 second, 52 minutes, which flew by. So <laughs> my friend, we got to talk again. Absolutely, man. Thank okay. you so much for having me. Thank you. Once again, that was Jorge uh, Chavez from Scoop Me Out podcast. Uh, as you undoubtedly guessed, yours truly was uh, quite enthralled by the conversation and completely lost track of time. And there were quite a few things I wish we could have spoken to Jorge about. So we're just going to have to have him back on the show. Uh, one thing that really stuck out to me was in his transformation, it must have been very painful, that sort of metamorphosis that he went through. But coming out of it, that understanding and purpose of himself was, you know, you couldn't put a price on that. And that's something that I believe we all can find out is who we really are. And once we get to that place, man, you become unstoppable. So here's to you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and that you have a wonderful day. Take care. Thank you again for listening. I'm Robert Grant, and I'm probably wrong about everything.